0: Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. This time reviewing Mid-South Wrestling Television from June 18th, 1983, taped on June 8th, 1983 at the Irish McNeil Boys Club in Shreveport, Louisiana. I am the great Brian Last. My pleasure to be with you once again. And joining me as he does each and every week from booking the territory, Mike Mills. Mike, how are you today?
1: I'm doing very well today. I got to say, after what we saw from Hexaw Butch Reed last week, it leaves a lot of anticipation, not only for this episode, but maybe in some more weeks to come on Mid-South. I mean, I don't know if we saw that coming, so I'm really looking forward to see how this all shakes out. And for you first-timers out there going through Mid-South, I guess you will see how it works out, but I'm really looking forward to this one as we we watch the storyline play out, man.
0: Well, it's the hot summer months in Mid-South Wrestling getting kicked off here in June, and let's now go to the show open, Cowboy Bill Watts and Boyd Pierce.
2: Mid-South Wrestling Television Network, I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, and we'll be headlining this week on an outstanding main event. Tito Santana, the popular star from South Texas, takes on 420-pound King Kong Bundy. The Mid-South Tag Team Champions... Boris Zirkoff and Mr. Olympia are here also Mr. Wrestling Two, Tim Horner Magnum TA you'll see all the action and I want to tell you about it a man who needs no introduction he's second to none in breaking down the fine points of professional wrestling that's Cowboy Bill Watts. Bill. Well, thank
3: you Boyd Pearson I just say this it, it's been tremendous excitement lately and of course some things that have happened some unbelievable things some things that have left me flabbergasted and I know you too and the fans at home and last week a man that was hurt to the core, not only physically, but I think mentally, the junkyard dog. And, and we'll see some of that and go into that a little bit further as it progresses. But let's go to Reese Bowden right now and get the action off with a man that's a legend in his own time, Mr. Wrestling 2.
0: Well, there it is, a rather brief open from Boyd and Bill Watts, getting right to the action. And the first match we get this week, Mike, Mr. Wrestling 2 versus Denny Alberts with Joel Armstrong as the referee any thoughts or notes about this match?
1: Yeah, Watts was kind of quiet during this match. I mean, more than usual. I mean, he, he called the match hole for hole, like you'd expect, but he didn't elaborate on anything else like you normally hear from Watts on commentary. It's very interesting to kind of just hear him so subdued, but it made me think about what he said just now in the opening when he mentions that JYD is hurt to the core. And I wonder if uh, Watts was uh, trying to portray that He was hurt as well for JYD as he was so quiet during this opening matchup. That was my my main note from it, though. Very, very quiet and subdued Bill Watts here.
0: Well, we get this match, Mr. Wrestling 2 versus Denny Alberts with a quiet Bill Watts. Mr. Wrestling 2 wins with the knee lift. And then we get our next match, a match that last week on TV we were told was the main event this week, King Kong Bundy from Devastation Incorporated versus Tito Santana with Johnny Martinez as the referee a good match a good main event quality match for mid-south wrestling let's hear a little bit of audio of the closing minutes of this match get to hear bill watts at his best and get to hear what was really a good match tito santana and king kong bundy
3: tito santana having to deal with him right now and bundy shows that he could oh he did, gave tito a backbreaker going for that big splash oh tito got out tito got out or else he'd have been a grease spot boyd
2: If he hadn't gotten up then, I don't believe he could have gotten
3: up. He it stunned Bundy. Bundy thought he had him. And Tito, there's that quickness. He's quick to capitalize on Bundy's mistake. Tito is stunned as it is, but he's got a great heart, and he's taking it to Bundy. And he has really got He's going for the fall. Oh, Bundy powered him out. Tito's kicking that leg, trying to get that leg out from under him. He's stinging, Bundy. Bundy can't get set. Tito got him. Tito got him. He's going for his hole, Boyd. He's twisting on it. He's twisting on that knee, Boyd. He's got Bundy on his back, and if he can get that hole locked up, he'll take Bundy home and beat him right here on TV. Oh, Bundy stunned him. Bundy stunned him. Well, Tito, tremendous extension on his drop kick, but that Bundy stands right into it. Tito's budging him now he's backing him up he knocked Bundy he leveled him now Tito's going to put him away oh Bundy ducked Bundy ducked and Tito was right into those steel cables oh Bundy over the top rope Bundy over the top rope this is the new Bundy when he gets in trouble he seems not to care about winning he wants to injure somebody and he took Tito right over that top rope and now he's handing it Martinez is calling for the disqualification but Bundy's going for that pile driver and he just piled Tito Santana on the floor he just piledrived Tito Santana on the floor Boy, Pierce Tito Santana is out He is. he is and look at Bundy
2: Of it, but he gains a victory on the disqualification of King Kong Bundy for over the top rope. We'll be back after this important message from Mid South
0: Well, there it is, Mike Tito Santana with a DQ victory over King Kong Bundy for getting intentionally thrown over the top rope. Tell me if you noticed this. They tried to go to that finish first, and I don't know if it was because Bundy was too low and he didn't push him up, or wait Tito crashed into the ropes. But there's a pause, and you hear Bo Watts say. Tito went flying into the cables, and then they tried the spot again, and he actually gets thrown over the top rope. But there was some kind of mistake there.
1: I definitely caught it. You could see it clear as day. And what confirmed that there was a mess up is Tito, as he's getting up after he got caught in the cable, you could see Tito look up at Bundy and and tell him something. I guess saying, we got to do this. We got to repeat something. You got to, you know, lift me over the top. I'm... 99% 99% certain it was Bundy who missed it because Bundy is on the ropes. He's got his back against it, and Bundy completely ducks and doesn't take his left arm and push Tito up over the top as Tito was waiting for him to do. So I think Bundy missed that. It still didn't take anything. For, I, I know exactly the spot you're talking about. It. I don't think it took anything from it. I thought they recovered very, very well from it because on the second attempt, Tito goes charging at Bundy, and that time Bundy does lift him. And Tito goes flying over the top rope, which the referee calls for the DQ. And then we see Tito pile-drived on the floor and on the concrete. And my God, when you pile-drove someone on the concrete back then, you may as well have just killed them and shot them with a shotgun uh, whenever you saw something like that. That meant serious business. But I did catch that. Overall, though, good stuff right there. Minor flub that you see there. I mean, I, again, that's that's one of those things that you and I notice it now back then. I certainly didn't notice it. I'm sure you may not have the first time you watch Mid-South. One other thing, Brian, before we uh, move forward, if in case you got anything else from this. I love Bill Watts' explanation during this match that, you know, if this was not a televised match, Tito could use a strategy where he could keep Bundy on the run and wear him down. But since it's only 10 minutes, Tito has to get in there and go after Bundy. And that's a point to make because Tito's a big man, but he's still much smaller than Bundy when you talk about the girth that Bundy had. So Watts was uh, doing a good job, and he's done this before when he talks about the difference between televised matches and non-televised matches where they have a lot more time in the non-televised match. When you only got 10 minutes, you really got to get in there and try to get after the opponent. You can't um, bob and weave on the ropes and play rope-a-dope, a la Muhammad Ali would do. So anyway, uh, just wanted to point that out, but I thought this was a, definitely a good match between Bundy and Tito.
0: Coming out of this, we get a recap of last week's confrontation with Hacksaw Butch Reed and the Junkyard Dog. Let's hear Bill Watts shooting to that recap.
3: Last week, ladies and gentlemen, Racer Bowden had scheduled an appearance with Hacksaw Butch Reed for an apology to the fans at home for his failure to appear the week before in a bout against Tony Zane. But an apology indeed. We got a monologue of a deranged mind that appeared at, he had figured everything out and everything pointed back to Junkyard dog causing him to get beat by Bundy and the miss and everything else. And all anybody's ever been able to ascertain is that the dog is the guy that helped him the most. And yet, Bundy and his, I mean, excuse me, Hacksaw Reed and his twisted state has blamed dog for everything. And let's watch the final moments before that confrontation now.
0: Well, once again, Mike, to your earlier point, Bill Watts sounds kind of sad about this whole state of affairs with the junkyard dog.
1: He does. He's sad. I mean, he's now even calling, I don't know if you caught the word there. First thing he did, he called what Reed did a monologue. And then he mentions that Reed's mind is deranged from last week. And I just thought that was interesting, him calling it a monologue and then saying Reed may have a deranged mind. And he does sound sad. I mean, you know, I guess for him trying to put over this you know, former someone that they were starting to love. I mean, he was certainly not over like Dog, nor was he over like Duggan, but he was on his way to being over. And that's saying something. All of a sudden now he's, you know, Watts is alluding to the fact that me he may, he, may, he may be going crazy, you know, from jealousy. At least that's my takeaway from it. So a very interesting take right there from Bill Watts as he throws it to Reed as Watts sounds sad and calling Reed deranged and uh, maybe alluding to him being crazy.
0: Well, coming out of that, we got a, Short monologue from Bill Watts before our next clip. Let's go to this.
3: In talking to the dog when he was so disappointed in what happened and so hurt, he said that's what always keeps our people from getting to the top is that we don't stay together. And I think the blow to his whole inner soul is a tremendous traumatic effect. But I also know the dog, he's a champion, and he won't lay down for anybody. Butch Reed, you've made your bed. Now you're going to have to lie in it. Now let's see... What everybody thinks of the Junkyard Dog is Channel 39 in Houston, and Ed Worthington put together a piece about the Atomic Dog, the man we know and love.
0: And then we go to this clip from Houston, Texas, a short video package of the Junkyard Dog to the music Atomic Dog by George Clinton. And we're going to play the opening moments of this video because the voiceover is kind of memorable. If you watched Mid-South Wrestling, you remember this voice. You remember it's not exactly robotic, but you remember this voiceover. We're going to play this from the original broadcast for historical purposes.
2: Louisiana, a legend in professional wrestling, 285 pounds of frustration and toothache, a man who reigns supreme in the square circle. He calls his junkyard the Junkyard Dog, a professional wrestler who has become the kingpin in the Mid-South Wrestling. His theme, the Atomic Dog, provides a fitting tribute to this legend.
0: Well, there it is as it originally aired in a video where the song keeps going for a while over clips of the Junkyard Dog in Houston, Texas. What do you think of that voiceover, Mike? I totally dig it.
1: I dig it. I, I You know, I, I'll say something I told Brian off air. I said, it sounds almost a little robotic, but at the same time, you know, it's still it's kind of cool in that 1983 vibe. I guess is the words I'm looking for, because obviously you wouldn't hear a voiceover like that today. It wouldn't sound uh, as I don't know, strange and robotic, but I thought for what it needed to be and what we heard right there, I thought it was very, very cool. It was it was nice nice to hear it in that way, uh, him introducing the dog. And then, you know, it doesn't make sense for us to play the, the video package because you can't see it. But, uh, you know, we see a bunch of clips from JYD uh, set to Atomic Dog, which... I, we talked about when they made the switch to the song. I still was a, a another one, Bites the Dust type of guy. I thought that was the better music for the dog, but uh, it still was a cool video package watching him, you know, pin. I, I guess this is non-television, you know, this is house shows where he's, uh, or even Houston, some of them where he's, you know, pinning Kendo and he's going up against Kamala and he's wrestling a few of the guys that we've seen him wrestle over the last few months in Mid-South. You definitely, these clips are definitely more recent clips. They're not old. You can tell because of JYD's body.
0: What does the guy say? His junkyard is the junkyard dog.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what, is that,
0: what does that mean?
1: Uh I don't know what that meant, and uh, but I, I didn't definitely psychoanalyze it back then. Uh his junkyard is the junkyard dog. I don't know. Uh he's scrappy, maybe when he's trying to he's trying to imply that he's a very scrappy individual, but we already knew that because that's what we took away from who the junkyard dog was.
0: Well, here's Boyd Pierce wrapping up this music video interlude.
2: ...to the inevitable Junkyard Dog from Houston, Texas, who is still the North American Heavyweight Champion, and in our hearts and in your eyes as you watch him from week to week, he's truly the Junkyard Dog, the man of the people. And Hacksaw Butch Reed, I chime in along with Cowboy Bill Watts. You've got a long, hard road ahead of you. If you think the Junkyard Dog really turned on you... On purpose. He didn't turn on you. You'll find it out later on as things unfurl. But I know the Junkyard Dog, and I have faith in him, and the fans have faith. We'll be back with Hacksaw Butch Reed in action after this message from Mid-South. Wrestling.
0: Well, there it is. Boyd Pierce wrapping up that segment. Coming out of that, Mike, we go to our next match. Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Tim Horner. Before we play some audio from this match, any thoughts or notes?
1: No, because a lot of what I want to talk about is from that audio that I believe you're about to hit the play on. We got some really, really good stuff right here from the opening of the Horner-Reed match uh, with Tim Horner not being afraid of Butch Reed. got some thoughts on Tim Horner and Reed, but it's probably best if we listen to the audio first.
0: Let's go to this audio. Joel Armstrong, the referee, Hacksaw Butch Reed versus Tim Horner.
3: Well, Tim Horner's not taking any chances. He's going out and stinging it. Oh, but Reed is powerful. You can't take away anything, Boyd Pierce. He's an athlete. He's a great athlete. He's a hungry animal. He's in fantastic shape. His mind may be a little screwed up as he said that the Junkyard Dog treated him just like he did at Mr. Olympia, and he discarded him for somebody else, for Hacksaw Dugan. But you'll recall the people elected Hacksaw Dugan as Junkyard Dog's tag partner. The Junkyard Dog had nothing to do with that. And you hear the people chanting JYD now as they want their man-of-the-hour junkyard dog to come out here and right the wrong. Right now, Tim Horner's in there making a gallant effort, but Hacksaw Butch Reed is a powerful man. He was an All-American linebacker, NEO, Northeastern Oklahoma A&M in Miami, then at Central Missouri State, then for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a fantastic athlete. And I'll tell you, Junkyard Dog may see right there. One of the toughest tests ever. As this man has said right in front of everybody, I'm coming after the North American title. And, of course, the North American title means one thing. means dollars. And I think that's where it all gets down to is that greed for dollars. And Tim Horner really stung him. He really stung Hacksaw Putri. Oh, he's coming full force, Bill. Horner was going for broke. That's the only way he can do it. He knows he's got to go for the big move on the guy that's awesome, and he went, but Butch Reed, like I say, he was a linebacker in pro ball, so he's got that quickness and that agility also, and Reed moved out of the way, and Tim Horner almost took his head off. Wow, he really elevated him there. Reed very deliberate. You wonder just how much Ted DiBiase had to do with all this Lloyd Pierce. It
2: seems like everything, something out of the ordinary happens. Bill, somewhere in the small print, the bottom line, in the corner of the ring, or in the dressing room, or down the step, Ted DiBiase has something to do with it.
3: But us read, using those forearms, and he, he's done so well. You know, he was a powerlifter at Central Missouri State also, so he's been a tremendous athlete in many fields for a long time, and I guess he feels that he has to do something drastic in order to make his mark in this world, but I think that that's a cheap way of doing it at the advantage of your best friend, a guy that took you up and down the road, loaned you money when you were hurt and out of the business, and got you your start in Mid-South through Grizzly Smith, and there Hacksaw Butchery power presses. Tim Horner just slings him down like yesterday's laundry, and now he's He seems to want to punish him instead of beat him. Without a doubt, he had the man beat. There he goes with that. Oh, he turned Tim Horner clear upside down. Tim Horner's beat. Boyd Pierce, he's been beat since the power slam.
2: Bill, he said he was going to change his tactics and go all the way to the top. I was hoping he was wrong, but undoubtedly he has really doubled his efforts.
3: I think too many people see the wrong things in life as the way of getting ahead, and they think the cheap shot, the fast way, the the sorry way is the way of I'll tell you, when you run that race of endurance for a long lasting life, that's not the way. There has to be things of value. There has to be morals. There has to be faith. And Hacksaw Butch Reed has lost his. He has sold himself out. And he is just, he is just, Tim Hunter, look at this. He is so powerful.
0: And there it is, Hacksaw Butch Reed with the pin after really destroying Tim Horner. Three press slams. And one of the notes I have from this match, Mike, about a year later, maybe a year and a half later, when Bill Watts started putting together those videos to show how tough wrestling and Mid-South wrestling was compared to Titan Sports, I believe it was the shoulder tackle on Tim Horner they showed, claiming that he had a bloody nose because of it, but actually, I don't know when it happened.
1: But he had a bloody nose most of this match. You know, now that you mention that, I bet it happened early on when he slung Horner into the corner and Horner took that just wicked bump into the turnbuckle uh, where it looked like he almost hit his shoulder, but he kind of went almost face and shoulder first into the turnbuckle. And that's when you heard the crowd erupt. And even uh, Boy Pierce was like, oh, you know, he nailed so i wonder if it happened there because that was a hell of a bump i mean he he went a thousand miles an hour into that corner when he hit it. It, it 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 was not pretty at all maybe that was it do you remember that spot brian i remember the spot i'm not sure if he already
0: had the buddy nose or not and i'm not saying that that wasn't it i just i'm not sure
1: yeah yeah i got you it just was so early on i was thinking maybe it happened there but you know we talk a lot you and i on our respective shows, have talked a lot about Tim Horner, whether we're Smoky Mountain Wrestling or wherever he's worked. But you know, let's let's give Tim Horner some more credit here, man. Horner is bumping and selling a, like a champ for Reed, and Reed is just laying into him. But it's just, you know, this was a really good match because of how Horner sold for the more aggressive Reed here. I mean, Horner got his shots in and his punches in and whatnot, but man. He sold like a champion for Butch Reed, and Butch Reed ultimately, with those you know three press slams, really overpowers him and sends him going. But it was really impressive watching Tim Horner's match. The other note I have is, you know, you can tell again. I want to reiterate, Watts definitely is somewhat on the depressed side of things when it comes to Butch Reed here, uh, because he you know of the turn, but he puts over Reed. He's like, look, man, Reed is a fantastic athlete he may definitely be a stiff test for JYD. So stay tuned to see what happens here. Just really good commentary from Watts, great selling from Tim Horner, and Butch Reed looking very powerful in a very, very convincing win as he bludgeons Tim Horner.
0: Coming out of that, our next match, the Mid-South Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Boris Zurkoff and Mr. Olympia with General Skandar Akbar versus Art Cruz. And George Weingroff, Johnny Martinez, the referee, Buddy Nichols, back on commentary. Any thoughts or notes about this match, Mike?
1: Well, Buddy Nichols joined the commentary team, which is a smoke signal that uh, nothing will be said of importance during the match other than the actual call of the match. I jokingly say that. Uh, the My notes are Olympia did load the boot, and he had great timing when Olympia kicked Cruz in the back of the head as Cruz was about to uh, slap Zirkoff. It really was really good timing, on Olympia's part, I thought, or overall on all the guys' part uh, there. Other than that, no other thoughts on the match itself.
0: Coming out of that, by the way, it was a pin, Cruz pinned by Zerkoff The next match, Rip Rogers versus Magnum TA with Joel Armstrong as the referee. Rip Rogers has looked impressive in every single match he's had in Mid-South Wrestling. Definitely one of those guys you look at and you think he could have done a lot more in professional wrestling if he had gotten the right push in the right place. Really, really good in there. Solid in there. Magnum TA wins with his atomic drop. Any thoughts or notes about this, Mike?
1: You nailed it, and I want to expand upon it a little bit. Rip is, if you go watch this, this will never be talked about as, you know, this great match from the Mid-South with Magnum TA. But when you watch Rip, he's so charismatic. The way he sells, everything he does is crisp, looks good. And it really kind of is a shame that Rip is not, I mean, guys like you and I know how great Rip is, but, you know, I guess a mainstream fan just cannot appreciate somebody like Rip Rogers, but he just, he's really good here. He makes Magnum, you know, that's the thing about being an enhancement talent. That's the the argument of a good enhancement talent is he made Magnum look really good here. And he helped magnum get over in what's this his fourth win now so it's like you know you don't think about these enhancement guys as being you know great talents but rip really is he's a great talent here he looks good nothing he does looks bad he sells well and the charisma he had he just makes magnum and makes this victory that magnum gets over him with the atomic drop which by the way rip is floating up there as he's waiting to uh get this atomic drop delivered to him i loved it it just was really, really good, and it's a testament to Rip more than it is anything else during this match.
0: Well, our final match on this week's episode is from Houston, Texas, May thirteenth, 1983, Mil Moscaris versus Kendo Nagasaki, the Black Ninja, with Rick Ferreira as the referee. Mil Moscaris wins with a flying cross body, and they build up the fact that he is going to be on Mid South TV next week.
1: Yeah, I thought, you know, my, my note from this was uh, I always think it's kind of cool when we get to see stuff from different places. And, and I realize this is only Houston and we've seen this. I don't say only Houston, but I realize this is Houston. We've seen Houston many a times on Mid-South television, but uh, it was always still cool. And, you know, I mean, when you don't see guys like Mil Moscaris every single week or you don't know much about him pre-cable days and all that good stuff, uh, it's still a treat. I mean, you see, you know, his name in the magazines and whatnot, but Still cool to kind of see, even though it's a short clip, uh, still fun to see a short clip of, of Mill right here from Houston.
0: Well, with that, we wrap up another episode of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. Of course, I want to remind you, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter, at Super Podcasts, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vanguard. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts. Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and Booking the Territory?
1: You can give me a follow at Mike504Saints on Twitter. I like to talk about the shows that Brian and I do here when you tweet me. Also post various clips from the shows that Brian and I do on my Twitter feed. Also, come check out Booking the Territory at tinyurl.com slash bttpod or just search Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcast from. Wherever you listen to this podcast, I assure you, you can find Booking the Territory there with myself, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner. As right now, we're down to one main show per week since we wrapped up Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And we talk about the NWA and we are into 1989 on our Saturday night on TBS recaps that we are doing. But you can go listen to all the way back to 1985, where we were covering them. We are the unprofessional wrestling podcast for a reason. The jokes are terrible. It's not politically correct. But we still have a lot of fun talking classic wrestling from the 80s. Brian, another fun week. This might be a record for a fastest show ever in Mid-South history, but, uh, once we got past uh, what we had to talk about with Reed and whatnot in his match, man, things kind of progressed kind of fast as Buddy Nichols uh, took commentary hold.
0: This is what happens when Buddy Nichols gets half the show. But until next time, the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. Your producer is Jay Snacarado. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. tallyho.